Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In, your favourite fortnightly fan fest. I am Jay, I'm your party host, so grab your bourbon, your beer, or your brew, half a sugar and oat milk, just the way you like it, and strap in for us to discuss anything and everything that's going on. I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How you doing, T? Hello, listeners. Hello, gents. I'm doing very well. Very happy to be here. Uh, we're very happy to have you. And we are joined, as always, by Mr. Fantastic himself, our flexible friend, the pyjama prince of the pause that was promised, and the Will Smith to my Chris Rock, Hayden B. <laughs> so good. I come home. In the morning light, my mother says, when you're going to live your life right. Oh, mama dear, we're not the fortunate ones. And geeks, they want to have fun. Oh, geeks just want to have fun. Shoot my mother's name out your mouth. The phone rings in the middle of Tuesday night and Jay yells, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> oh, dear, dear, you're still number one. But geeks, they don't want to have fun. Oh, geeks just want to have fun. That's what they really want. Some fun. When your working day is done, oh, geeks, they want to have fun. Oh, geeks just want to have fun. I love doing this show. (laughs) It's it's, it's a, a special hello to all of our geeks looking to have fun. Uh, from Hemel Hempstead to Dublin to Oregon <laughs> and beyond. You've got to rate, review, subscribe and share after that, really, haven't you? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, I've got pages of notes. There's no point <laughs> going on. The show has peaked. It's down from here. There's, there's nothing I've got written down that's topping that. <laughs> All right, good. That was nice and quick. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> God. <sighs> um, yeah, it is. And if you want to comment on that or suggest other songs for me to sing, uh, at Geeking on pod, pod, at Geeking in Pod on both uh, Instagram and Twitter is where to find us and get involved in the conversation. And whilst you are there, you can click on the Linktree link in our bio to tell you everywhere we are, including Teesprings that sells our mugs, our T-shirts and our masks. Um, And the uh, quality of Teesprings is uh, far better than than the alternatives, than the competition. Um, And if you think otherwise, then you must be joking. And speaking of joking... We <laughs> we got introduced to a uh, surprise Easter egg, a surprise deleted scene from um, the the recent The Batman film um, mm-hmm. on a scene that originated on um, the RataAlada.com website. Um, we got to meet uh, Barry Keegan's Joker. Um, so the scene plays out with um, Batman going to see the Joker to get some support in psychoanalyzing the Riddler. Um, however, the Joker uh, flips the script and begins to analyze Batman himself. Um, assuming how he was going to be reacting to uh, the murders committed by the Riddler. Um, This obviously is the latest in a long line of Jokers that we have seen and have been introduced to. 
the most recent one being Jaqueen Phoenix's um, Joker from the 2019 film, uh, which raked in uh, nearly $1.1 billion in itself um, and uh, has spawned a sequel, which is due to begin filming in 2023. Um, So uh, we knew the Joker was coming at some point. He's here. He's here nice and early, um, although only in a deleted scene. Um, B, how did you feel about uh, about this take on the Joker and about how we were introduced to him? Um, bit surprised it's been released as a deleted scene. I mean, obviously, this, this obviously, maybe, possibly, does this mean he's not going to be the main villain for Batman Two or? whatever incarnation the next Batman's going to be. Um, I'm not sure. Jury's out. Um, he's obviously a, a great actor. Um, I, I, I don't know. Jury's out, I think. Let's let's wait to see more of him if we are going to be able to see more of him. So, T, I mean, this is... Um... In the story of the the, the um, deleted scene, we are informed that it is the one-year anniversary of uh, the Batman capturing the Joker. Um, so we have already missed their first interaction. Um, they already have a relationship of sorts. Um, how are you feeling about how we've been hotshot into this? So one of my comments um, when we talked about the Batman film, I think, was the Joker scene right at the end with the Riddler felt massively unnecessary. Um, you know, I think I was saying something like, you know, we don't always have to, just like we don't need to always introduce, kill Bruce Wayne's parents, we don't always need to introduce the Joker. Um, so it really felt out of place. It kind of just didn't make sense to me why we had that kind of bizarre little scene. They didn't need to bother with it. This film, sorry, this deleted scene which was a beautiful scene, uh, made that scene make sense to me. Because now you're calling back to that. So you know who this guy is, because you've seen the Batman interacting with him, and now you're seeing that he's kind of controlling some of this stuff. So as a film, as the final cut of what will be the has been this film, you know, um, I think you either need to get rid of both Joker scenes or have them both in. Um, you know, and so it would have been absolutely fine to have had because uh, you do end up getting deleted scenes and you do end up seeing all these things anyway. Um, so it would have been absolutely fine to have discovered both those scenes together in a deleted scene. Um, that said, this scene in isolation, um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed uh, Barry King's take on the Joker. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like, I don't know, um, yeah, the, it, I, I, I thought it was a very hard thing to pick up after Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger felt so definitive. Um, and then, you know, I'll talk about Jared Leto, no, no. Um, and then uh, Joaquin Phoenix's one was amazing. And, I mean, to me, funnily enough, the, the only fault of that film is it introduced a Batman that was kind of unnecessary. Um, so I, I enjoyed his take. I enjoyed this scene very much. Um, I'm not sure if this already very long film uh, needed the scene. Uh, so I don't, you know, big rubs the cutting of it. Uh, but I think if you're going to cut this one, cut the other one. I am. I wasn't. I quite liked that Matt Reeves spoke about this as just a one-off film, not a, not the start of a franchise. I just wanted to make a good damn film. Um, and beyond that, when the sequel talks inevitably started, I wasn't particularly interested because I just really liked this film in itself. Um, but stuff like this, it has got me excited about the sequel. I'm also excited that we haven't. I'm happy, rather, we haven't seen Year One. You know, we haven't seen that first interaction. I'm happy we haven't seen the Waynes die. You know, we don't need to be spoon-fed every single thing. We can build off an existing relationship. We can build off that they've been doing this stuff. You know, in uh, B, in your favourite movie, when Batman meets Freeze, that's not their first interaction, right? They're already making mm-hmm. puns at each other and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, you know, we live in a world of... Um, uh, deleted scene explained. YouTube videos, which are just the third, final scene of Batman. Like, every single final scene somehow needs an explanation. No, it doesn't. The audience is smart. We can kind of catch up on these things. So I like it. I like Matt Reeves' whole approach with this stuff. Um, and I like, if anything, this introduction of the Joker 
has got me very excited for the next uh, Matt Reeves Batman film, even if it doesn't include the Joker, and it definitely doesn't need to, because it's just more into the the aesthetic, the style of this kind of Batman. I'm very excited about it, and I just liked being in that world a little bit more, and it just felt very right for this Batman. Um, uh, so I'm 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 a little torn on this. Um, I think so. Um, I, I I'm not sure about this as the way to introduce him. Um, it feels uh, bizarrely cheap that it's a deleted scene um, that's just kind of built in. Um, it feels like a lot of suspense, a lot of uh, that kind of um, excitement about you know what the Joker looks like and his backstory and, um, you know, what the makeup's going to be like and, and you know, what the, 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 the take of the Joker's going to be. A lot of that feels taken away for something that is, um, that hasn't made the actual film. Yeah, it's a um, throwaway scene, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, and that feels yeah, quite I agree with that, actually. weird for me because of, how important the Joker has been to hmm. the Batman mythos um, up until now. Um, I also, you know, have said previously about maybe giving the Joker a rest um, because it does feel very quickly the trope we, we, we go to. Um uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays through. That said, one of the things that I really liked about this, and we never got with the uh, the Bale films because of, in part, um, the, the Heath Ledger tragedy, is that relationship between Batman and the Joker. Um, there's a there's a strange codependence with them. Um, you know, a, a, a thin line between love and hate style relationship between the Joker and Batman, which is why some of the best stories, um, like, for instance, you know, Injustice and some of the others, have all been framed around, um, you know, Batman, if, if, if you stopped playing with him and actually, you know, put him away permanently we'd all be safer, but for whatever reason, you won't do that. Um, so it's uh, the fact that you've already got more of a relationship than the one and done that you've had with Joker and the Batman in every other incarnation of this. Um, you know, I, I think it was um, Heath Ledger dangling off the bat rope uh, yeah. upside down saying, I think you and I are destined to do this forever. Yeah. Um, and it was absolutely twinged with sadness because at that point you knew that Heath Ledger wasn't going to be able to. Um, but it's it it is an eternal dance between the two of them. It's you know it's it's the reason why this is a story. This is a a pairing that has gone back for you know eighty years at this point. Um, so the fact that there is something between them, you know he he respects the Joker enough to go and ask for his help which is weird in itself because it's batman asking for help which feels unique um is is just a very interesting kind of relationship i think um but yeah it's it, it's it's odd for it to be marginalized almost um but one person who's got an idea of how this could all fit together is scott snyder mm -hmm. um who uh, was talking to uh, Best Jacket Press newsletter um, and was talking about what he hoped to see uh, in the follow-ups. And, and Scott Snyder obviously had a very, very uh, seminal uh, run on Batman. Um, uh, and uh, his view was, I hope they use villains that we haven't used yet. Um, I hope they use Clayface, for example. I think Clayface could be redone in a really exciting way, especially in the times of all the kind of science-based stuff and the idea of identity, all of it. I think he could use, he could be great. Of course, I'm partial to them using the Court of Owls. 
I'm, I've been amazed by the clips of the cast and crew talking so much, talking about the Court of Owls so much. He surmises um, that uh, the Court of Owls were probably behind some of the Riddler stuff, right? Um, yeah. If I was writing, um, they'd come in and say, now Gotham is ours to reach shape. That would be amazing. Then in the third movie, you'd bring in the Joker and that would uh, what I would do in movie two is Batman needs help who goes to Arkham to consult the villains about the Court of Owls or about Clayface or whatever. You get to know these villains. And then in all three, in number three, all bets are off and the Joker comes in. That's what I would do if I was structuring it. So that's the logic that you continue to build this relationship between. You get to see more of the Joker, more development of the Joker, but you actually see why he's such a threat in the third film after you've kind of seen Batman take on some impossible tasks um God, I I mean, not, not a not a surprise he's he's trying to get his characters in the film um but t how, how do you feel about that as a as a build i thought we i thought we were sure the court of owls was going to be in this film and i don't know what you know because uh, you know me you know trying to avoid spoilers and things like that and for some reason, I thought that had already been spoiled, and I'd somehow, you know, not fully embraced it. And it as was, I was watching, so go on. It was a theory based right. upon the fact that one of the cards yeah. had an owl on it. So I was waiting for the Court of Owls reveal for ages. Uh, so a lot of the film, you know, I, I remember the point at which I went, "Oh no, the film's gone on too long now. They can't introduce that now." It is just the Riddler. Was that was that um, around the ninth ending, or <laughs> around hour forty-seven? I thought, yeah, okay, no more time for the Court of Owls here. Um... <laughs> There's only twenty hours worth of runtime left. So they're not going to introduce someone new at this point. <laughs> but um, no, sorry, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, no, it it makes perfect sense. The Court of Owls, even though Snyder created them. Um, in his, because it was what, I think the first 10 issues or something, they still felt underused in Snyder's run, to be honest with you. Um, and, and it, you know, obviously he wanted to do a lot of different things. And you've got to look at comics a little bit differently. You know, uh, 12 issues takes a year at the very minimum to come out. Um, so, you know, you, if you read the comics as they were coming out, you were living with the Court of Owls at least for a year. Um, but yeah, there's so much more, I think, still to be done with the Court of Owls, and I'd love to see it. And actually, Matt Reeves' Batman-verse seems like the right space for it. You know, they'll give it time to breathe and, you know, figure out the mystery and stuff like that. If anything, the Riddler being the villain felt a bit small for what was going on in the overall story. Um, I, lo I love this take from... Um, um, from Scott Snyder. Um, Best Jacket's his own, you know, it's his own... His own website. It's the thing he's doing. His own, um, his writing class and all that kind of stuff. On and the way he talks about how he constructs a story and how he builds all of this stuff. It's amazing. I mean, I just want him back writing Batman again full time all the time. I know DC don't pay their writers enough, but he should be doing this all the time. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is. It is. It makes sense. I think uh, as to how he set up. Um. B, what's your thinking on it? Yeah, I mean, the Court of Owls, I think, would have been a fantastic take. Um, I have to agree there. Um, it, on one hand, you know, Joker is the ultimate villain. Without, you know, you, you can't have Batman and not have Joker. But on the other hand, Joker's been done every single time. Um and you know, it'd be nice to have some new villains. Um, I think Batman and Robin did it brilliantly in the fact that they had, you know, <laughs> Mister Freeze and you know various other uh, villains. Uh, it was the perfect movie. Can't beat it. They they had Bane in that one, didn't they? It was it Freeze, Bane, and Ivy. That's right. Yes, he he was the chauffeur. <laughs> and they had um. Riddler and Two Faces costumes. They had continuity. Of course, what's going on? See, you'll come <laughs> back to it one way or the other. <laughs> but, 
my kids found an old Batmobile at my aunt's house, one of my old toys, and it's the Batman and Robin Batman, um, Batman and Robin Batmobile, and it's so screen accurate because it was just made to be a toy commercial, like from the very beginning. It's amazing, and it is very cool to have, you know, what is a mass market plastic toy that's almost battered and the wings are broken and stuff. But you're looking at it going, this was exactly what you drove on screen. There, there are lots of positives to that film. The um, uh, pitch meeting on YouTube has just put up um, uh, Batman uh, Returns and um, has good fun trying to politely point out over and over again as the story unfolds that McDonald's have to make Happy Meal toys out of this. (laughs) Yeah, so the penguin's going to bite someone's nose off. (laughs) Yep, that's fine. Then he's going to eat. Does he eat a bird or he spits it back out? I can't remember now. Yeah, I think he spits it back out because, um, yeah. That film gave me nightmares for years, guys. Years. I oh, no, was young when I watched that film. She spat the bird out That's because right. he was trying to eat the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Um, it doesn't sound like Matt Reeves any, needs any advice from us on this particularly um, because um, the Batman continues to make all of the money. Uh, so uh, another $20.5 million during its fourth weekend uh, brings its total box office to $331, uh, just over $331 million. Um, I got Amazing. confused by, by random decimal points in there. Um, uh, so that's uh, now some surpassed domestic earnings of Batman versus Superman, uh, Suicide Squad, Justice League, um, and um, will soon hold the title of DC's second biggest non sequel superhero movie behind Wonder Woman, uh, which was 412 million. <laughs> I love the caveat in that. Non-sequel superhero movie. So, I mean, uh, that's that's done because The Dark Knight destroyed the way that's counted. So, 533 million for The Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, 449 million. Um, so, you know, those are the kind of silly numbers that you're probably not going to get to, but they're based upon that returning audience. Uh, so, they've, they've tried to kind of caveat and under- explain why that's not really in the same ballpark i mean plus you know we're, we're, we're talking we're comparing pandemic numbers or you know post-pandemic numbers with with pre-pandemic numbers so it's it's crazy if you are again we've never quite worked out what the what the factor you need to apply to these things should be but yeah if you were to apply some kind of thing on it it'd be crazy so in um worldwide box office gross um it's the fourth biggest film from warner brothers since 2017 um just behind it at 700 million the joker at 1 billion what do you think the biggest grossing worldwide warner brothers film since 2017 has been bloody bloody uh aquaman isn't it Aquaman at 1.1 billion. Jesus. What the hell? I don't, I don't get it. Did China really love Aquaman? Was that it? It was a great, fun movie. What's not to like about it? I thought it was just... It was fun. It was fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... It was, it was uh, what I loved about it was it was colourful and... and Felt, I mean, some of the, the shots also were pretty amazing, but um, especially on the backdrop of the, the, the Justice's Grey rubbish, it, it you know it just felt more colourful and more engaging. I thought. I mean, the storyline um, was a bit fishy, but overall, it was great. <sighs> Please don't, please don't excuse my size with, uh, don't confuse my size with not appreciating that joke. But, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, the Batman continues to roll on and uh, make lots and lots of um, uh, money for everyone involved. Um, however, over on the other side, that's not a really good thing, but I'm going with it anyway. Um, on Marvel, I haven't got a, a, a slick transition to make. Oh dear. Um, you know, after the highs of last 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 time, disappointing. I know, I know. I mean, there could be something about Dark Knight to Moon Knight, but that just feels a bit clunky. Oh, in a few hours. Mm, I might, I might redo this once I once I've worked out something. I'll just like edit in like a, a really slick kind of transition. I mean, it'll be it'll be a bit weird because I'll, I'll I'll say something and it'll be silence because I haven't edited and you laughing or or commenting on it, but. <laughs> You can't be bothered to edit shit. <laughs> They're just going to be audience oh, no. awkwardly I, listening to this for ages. I suspect the start of this show is going to be heavily edited, Joe. I'm hoping it is anyway. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a, an outtake about putting on trousers. I want to build in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, an entire unboxing conversation that would would sit better on nanny fans. Um, <laughs> Anyway, on the on the, the more PG side with the uh, the House of the Mouse, um, who would never talk about these things, although Pam and Tommy is on Disney Plus and that has a talking penis in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this now. Um, anyway, so Jay's <laughs> stuck in a loop, mate. Needs help. <laughs> Me say something, sing another song. Hello. <laughs> From the other side. We haven't talked about anything geeky in fucking ages. Oh, this is just podcast drivel. <laughs> you you realise you represent one third of this podcast drivel. <laughs> want something better to do than listen to this marvel has <laughs> confirmed Excellent. well done well done jesus Rick christ no no <laughs> i don't think that counts as a recovery in any way shape or form i think this is beyond repair <laughs> move on also to use that you can't edit out the entire chain that cost that <laughs> I can't anyway. That's the longest bit of the show so far. <laughs> the entire episode's about seven Matt minutes Reeves. long if I take that out. <laughs> approaching Matt Reeves' Batman territory now. <laughs> Me and I are about to take a motorcycle ride to a cemetery. <laughs> hey, I support both of your life choices. <laughs> So Marvel Studios Thailand seem to have confirmed <laughs> by accident that this year we are going to get six Marvel properties um, saying all six uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and original series of 2022. Um, and it confirms that what we're expecting is Moon Knight, which we know because it lands in just a few hours time, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, Ms. Marvel, Thor: Love and Thunder, which is uh, due to come out a week after Miss, a month after Miss Marvel at this rate, um, and then She Hulk and Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, both expected to be in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two big things in this. The first is that Black Panther: Wakanda Forever still is scheduled for this year. Um, bearing in mind there's been very little news or noise about it, including how the uh, series goes forward. The other bit that's surprising is there was an expectation of uh, season two of What If 
uh, due to be dropping this year. Um, with uh, the series writer AC Bradley seeming to have confirmed this previously, um, when she responded to rumours that it would come back in 22 by saying, see you later this year, kids. Um, so it sounds as if that may have slipped, according to uh, Marvel Studios Thailand. Um, they, they are six of nearly 30 projects that are currently in developed development in Marvel Studios. Um, they do not include Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special, which I think is due next Christmas, not this Christmas. Um, and uh, what I thought was this Halloween, but might be next Halloween, a Werewolf by Night one-off. Um, so, um, T, let's start with you. Six, only six, only six <laughs> things coming out this series, this year for Marvel. Um, how do you feel about that? And are there any of those that you're particularly looking forward to? And why is it Moon Knight? <laughs> sure. Uh, I think, obviously, it's going to be Miss um, Marvel. Miss Marvel sounds the most exciting um, to me. Um, Wakanda Forever as well. Um, but it's hard to be excited with such little news about it, such little sort of anything about it, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's great. We've had so much content, you know, and I think we've gotten really used to the, the week-on, week-on type thing. Um, so I'm always, like, worried about, you know, crap, like, Picard's going to end and it was going to start on time for that. Am I going to actually have to watch Moonlight with you guys? Oh, God. Um but great, all great news, all, all things to look forward to. I'm not really bothered about missing a, a season of uh, What If. Like, seeing uh, the Doctor Strange 2 trailer with the What If Doctor in it wasn't... Because I didn't like that episode of What If, I saw that and I went, oh, Lord. Um, and I just thought, actually, if I hadn't seen that episode of What If, I would have been much more up for just seeing a, a, a more of an arsehole Doctor Strange. Please. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the, this thing is, if you hadn't seen that, what if, then you wouldn't have known who that was meant to be. Um, because good Doctor Strange already has a goatee, so how do you show an evil Doctor Strange? Bigger goatee? Two goatees. <laughs> and also, good Doctor Strange is kind of an arsehole. So how do you do evil Doctor Strange? Bigger arsehole. Especially after no, no Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. At least the, the difference between be different from Tony. The, the difference between good Doctor Strange and and bad Doctor Strange is good Doctor Strange is fucking these things up by accident, and bad Doctor Strange is fucking them up on purpose. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Intention matters, I guess. Um. So Ms. Marvel's on the the the, the love list for you. What about any of the others? Any, any other others speaking to you? Um, I've forgotten the list already. Sorry, <laughs> run through them again. <laughs> uh, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Doctor Strange, Ms. Marvel, Thor: Love and Thunder, and Black Panther. Thor: Love, so Black Panther mentioned Thor: Love and Thunder. So just because it's uh, Taika Waititi and and you get to see um, uh, Jane wielding the hammer, that sounds exciting. Um, um, yeah. That's probably the next one that I'm quite hyped about. Um, B, so we've got 30 things still in development at the moment. One of the ones that's been rumoured and was was apparently leaked is uh, a Sam Alexander Nova, Nova. Nice. series. Um, how are you feeling about the, the meagre portion of... of only six things that we are expecting in 2022 from Marvel. I am looking forward to it. I think Moon Knight is going to be absolutely fantastic. I think it's going to smash it out of the park um, because, you know, after all, wherever evil exists, Mumra lives. So just remember that too. And... <laughs> This is um, going to be a tough fucking six weeks or whatever for me, man. 
Oh, I think the next three episodes of Kicking In will be mapping my breakdown. Oh, no, no. Didn't Jay tell you we're going to weekly for these? No. <laughs> just just Moonlight. It's the only thing we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah Moonlight's going to be brilliant. Um, I think uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse, I think that, that's going to be brilliant. It's going to be... I think there'll be lots of reveals on that. I think leading up to it, I think, uh, well, there's going to be theories anyway, but I think possibly we'll, we'll get introduction to Mephisto. Some, a whole new characters, raft of characters that Marvel want to build the, the next phase on. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I know there's only six, but there's, other sort of Marvel tie-ins, you've got Morbius, you've got um, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, um, part one. Um, Morbius? Yeah, Morbius. Morbius is how you Marvel. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, When's that I, out, I think, uh, It must be out by now, right? Soon. <laughs> soon. Next month. I feel like it's going to be one of those that comes and goes that we miss entirely. I think it's going to be good. I think think Jay might even venture out to the cinema to watch it. If by the cinema you mean Sky Cinema, then I'm sure (laughs) I will catch it. (laughs) No, it does nothing for me. It, It does absolutely nothing for me. Um, even even the the rumors of Michael Keaton uh reprising a role in me trying to work my head around that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll wait. Thanks. Mm. I, I do, however, know that, that uh, T will love to, to watch the Lord of the Vampires play the Lord of the Vampires. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a documentary, isn't it, at this point? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I think it's going to be a sleeper. I think it's going to be a big hit. I think I'm going to be asleep. That's not quite the same thing. Uh, okay, B, just, you know, with your, how would you rate, and this is guessing where you think it would land, Venom 1, Venom 2, whatever it's called, and Morbius. Let there be carnage. Okay. Mm. Venom, let there be carnage, and Morbius. What, 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 what do you think it all is going to be? Uh, well, I haven't seen Morbius yet, but definitely uh, Venom 1, um, it's, it's, it's a great movie. I do like it. Um, Let There Be Carnage, again, I think for what it is, I think it's a great movie. And what is um, it? It's, you know, one hour, 45 minutes of great fun. It's got some great actors, um, special That's... effects. Yeah, brilliant. Was that great special effects or just special effects? There were some uh, great actors. There's got people doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hardy is such a talented actor. You know, you can't knock that sort of stuff. I think it's it's the classic of the future. The classic of the future. Yep. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying I'm a futurist, but. What's what's your your nubologist view on this? <laughs> How many nubs has it got? Five so nubs. No, my, up. Question, my question is: Did you think more? Do you think Morbius is going to be even better than where you think the Venom films are? Um, I yeah, I think so. Amazing! I look forward to that discussion. That I guess you will have in isolation because i definitely would have watched it and jay's a real baby yeah it's it's it, it's <laughs> going to be an interesting conversation because we'll only have your words to take for it well there you go so, <laughs> win-win I, I think we need to watch it just for the fucking conversation actually listen if i need to watch fucking moonlight jay the least you can do is go out and watch venom or what no what morbius morbius <laughs> get the name right if if you watch Moon Knight, this is what I'm doing for you, listeners. You can you can hear what I'm doing here. If you watch Moon Knight in time for us to discuss on the podcast, I will watch Morbius when it comes out. All right, 
in time for us to discuss on the podcast. All right. All right. All right. All right. There you go, listeners. You heard Say it here content. first. Content driving <laughs> common sense. Dedication. <laughs> Dedication to the cause. That's what it is. It's <sighs> something like that. Yes. Dear God. Morbius. Um, so 30. 30 not all named projects. Some of those, obviously, we know, like Secret Invasion mm-hmm. and, and various others. Is there anything in there you are really hopeful for? Is there any that you would love to see, non-announced, that you would love to see crop up in, in, in part of that 30? I want to see that street-level stuff come back up again. So we're going to get... I know Miss Marvel's going to then go into Marvels with Carol Danvers and stuff, but you know, hopefully she'll remain a street-level hero. We've seen daredevil um in spider-man we're gonna see um oh she hulks another one i'm excited for sorry you didn't mention that on your list but I that's another one i'm yeah. very excited about yes um uh, very excited about it actually and i'm quite happy for it just to be a bit of a legal drama <laughs> and then eventually she gets pissed off i want it to be better than you know ben affleck daredevil where he's only daredevil because he's a shit lawyer but there you go um but yeah you know she hulk and then daredevil hey Daniel, he can like... hear while people are lying to him <laughs> he still just can't fucking win the case. Can't convince anyone else in the room. <laughs> that they're he can also him. like smell through walls and stuff. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I w- whatever leads to a lot of that kind of street level stuff, I'm very excited about. I enjoyed much of. In fact, I enjoyed uh, most of the season ones of the Netflix stuff. Um, and I'm not expecting it to be that kind of that level of grit and violence or whatever, but I'd like to see more of that kind of stuff again. Hey. Yeah, I think uh, Daredevil's a, a really good shout. Um, um, I think Punisher, um, I, I loved the Netflix uh, Punisher um I can't remember the actor's name, John... John Berenthal. That's it. Um, He was great casting. Absolutely fantastic. You know, um, if he was to reprise that role, it's showing. Punisher is one of my favourite characters. Um, So, yeah, I'd I'd like to see that again. Um, There's an opportunity there as well to kind of address some of the the problematic adoption of Mm. the you know, the Punisher logo and things like that, and which, funnily enough, has been addressed in the comics itself, where, you know, Punisher doesn't want cops to think like him and be like him, that kind of stuff. You know, so I think there's just some real stuff about bringing that into today. Which and, quite cool. and have uh, has launched a new logo. Yeah. yeah. To go with his, his new war on crime, where he's a, an agent of the hand and only uses swords. Mm. Yeah, not impressed with that. No? Why no. not? I, I like the Punisher as he was. Um, I think uh, I I just like that. You know, he don't he wasn't broken. I don't think uh, for me it wasn't anyway. I, I think it's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, we we know with all of these things, it's you know, give it six months and it'll be back to the normal thing. Uh, just like when he was an agent agent of heaven. With with angel weapons or something, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, trying to reintroduce and trying to to reinvigorate the, the character into something a little less gritty um, in the current I mean, setup. You mentioned Nova. Nova's going to be interesting, um, and with all the Disney Plus shows, they were sort of. Um, um, teasing the young avengers um so undoubtedly that's in the works somewhere along the line i'm I'm sure of that um ever since endgame um where they had the scene with all the um female um superheroes is it a force is it a force yeah yeah um there were rumors around that as well so is that a bit too late now with the mr boat and that 
who knows? Marvel got a habit of pulling things out of the bag anyway. So we'll see what they come up with. Well, they did do a Black Widow film 10 years after they should have done. So I suppose mm-hmm. there's, there's always time. Um, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that with Moon Knight, with um, Black Knight that we saw at the end of Eternals and Blade on the way, I, I'm hoping that we see a bit oh, of Midnight yeah, Suns action. So, uh, you know, I, I love the idea of um, uh, Norman Reedus from Walking Dead as, as Ghost Rider. Oh, um, Ghost Rider, that is, oh, how could I forget that? Yeah. Ghost so Rider. I'd be I'd be keen for for that. Um, although, you know, the, uh, it's one of those many, many ones that they've linked Keanu Reeves with as well, mm. um, which could be interesting. Keanu Reeves as Johnny Blaze. I don't know. Can anyone beat um, um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every time I see Ghost Rider, I think of Nick Cage. Um, How was the um, Agents of Shield Ghost Rider? That wasn't Johnny Blaze, was it? You played a different one. No, so that's that's the new Ghost Rider. So is, is it Robbie Reyes? Yeah, that's him with the car. Yeah. Um, so a, a very different uh, style. Of Ghost Rider, um, uh, I mean, it seemed to go down very well in in the series. I'd, I'd, I'd stopped watching by that point, um, but he seemed to get a lot of love for 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 what he did and how they did it. Mm. I mean, Ghost Rider is an iconic Marvel character, um, and you know, Midnight Suns. I think that's a good shout as well. I mean, who who have they introduced of that? So Ghost Rider. Um, Morbius, uh, Blade. Who are the others? Yeah. Uh, Moon Knight. Yeah. Possibly Daredevil. Yeah. There was one more than six, wasn't there? Uh, I mean, it depends on the makeup, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I think uh, Punisher's been part of it at one point. Daredevil's been part of it at one point. Um, at other points, it's been more your your supernatural, so uh, Man Thing and. Mm. Um, Etc. But uh, yeah, I mean, it depends on on you know. In theory, Black Knight can go in there. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, it's bright for Marvel. And you know, and of course, in, like we... in the wings, they've got X Men. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic Four. You know, there's a plethora mm-hmm. of stuff. Big untouched properties on there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you'll see this because you know Tom Holland's a super big star and things like that. But I'd also be really interested in just like much smaller Spider-Man stories now. So now with Spider-Man, you know, he's lost everyone and he's by himself and he's just friendly neighborhooding it in an unknown place. I'd be interested in just seeing kind of low-level Spider-Man-y stuff. So desperate for street level that you you want Spider-Man to stop fighting multiverses and aliens. And to... <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I, I I want that Spider-Man Daredevil kind of crossover story. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I'm hoping his, uh, you know, he can't afford the rent of that place on his own, so he has to move in with two of his friends from college who just happen to be Iceman and Firestar. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, give me, give me Tom Holland as an amazing friend, or, or the Andrew Garfield story can be the Amazing Friends. Be amazing, wouldn't it? Oh, I the the um yeah, No Way Home really had me wanting more Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I mean, it it was a weird um, uh, nostalgia kind of trip, Mm. wasn't it? It did kind of almost bring you back to. I wonder how that story would have ended. I think they made him a little bit more comedic in, in No Way Home, didn't they? I don't know. He was always fairly comedic. And I, I think that was part of the problem, wasn't it? He was, he was, he was heavy on the quippiness, mm. um, especially um, the, the Emma Stone-Andrew Garfield relationship being kind of transposed into Gwen Stacy and, and Peter Parker. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think they've kind of given me a little bit more, almost like self-referential. But yeah, I, I think there's um, definite value in uh, chasing that up. And the other thing there's definite value in is our recommendations for the week. See, that was a bit of a smoother transition. No? Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, it depends. It depends. <laughs> there's value in that. <laughs> well, let, I'm already let, thinking, let's, what the fuck did we agree? I can't remember. Let's find out. B, do you have value in your recommendation? Uh, yes. So this week, Jay, um, I'd like to recommend uh, Picard. No, I mean... Uh, <laughs> you're, about, you're about four weeks early on that. Destroy <laughs> <laughs> my life. <laughs> uh, no, this week, uh, Jay, I'd like to recommend a, a TV series that first appeared on the BBC in 2014, I want to say, um, and has now been picked up by Netflix. Um and it's called The Adventures of Merlin. Um, it is what it is, uh, what it says on the, on, on the title. Uh, I mean, that's an amazing recommendation, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. It is what it, it is. It, it, it's, it's a fun, family-orientated show. Um, it's, it's, it's just great. Um, takes me back um, to the days when I used to watch it on a Saturday, um, weekly. Uh, weekly drops um, but now you can watch it at your leisure all five seasons on Netflix and it's got um, brilliant um, brilliant actor voicing uh, the dragon <laughs> Sean Connery um, <laughs> that's the wrong movie <laughs> so so, uh, so this is the BBC show Merlin and it's five seasons yeah that's, I mean you know BBC shows don't often go for, like, unlike unless it's like a Doctor Who, they don't often go for that long, do they? No, no. Mm. Had a big um big following in its day. Um yeah. but you know, it, it's like I said, it's just good fun. It's it's um it's it's you know, each season has got its own storyline embedded, but it's individually standalone shows um worked very well. I I I didn't follow it religiously um i picked i kind of fell into episodes when they were on and i was just there but i remember magana growing as a character quite strongly so Mm. kind of you know quite light in the first few series and then became quite a a, a fleshed out and big bigger threat um later on yeah excellent t what about you um, so, uh, given that I am enjoying Star Trek Picard so very, very much, uh, I'm going to recommend my favourite Star Trek film of all time. I'm going to recommend Star Trek First Contact. Um, so this isn't the first The Next Generation film. The first one was uh, Generations, which was a bit of a handover between the, the original series films and and The Next Generation cast. Uh, um, and actually didn't really feel like much of a film, if anything. It could have been swapped around with the finale. The, the finale, so all all good things could have actually been the film, um, and even the way they filmed it. I think the cast were sort of going back and forth. I preferred all good things. I preferred all good but things. Yeah, to all, all good things was just so much better. Um, and and it, I think it was literally they finished filming all good things the next day they were filming this, and you know they ended up it, all sorts of budgetary problems, all sorts of issues. First contact is the first what felt like the first sort of proper TNG film. You know, they introduced the new uniforms. Um, you got to see the, the the gorgeous design that is the Enterprise E. Just amazing, beautiful sleek. And I think possibly the last time they used a model. Um, so it was on to CGI after that. So, you know, and CGI are sort of diminishing returns over time, doesn't it? It just looks dodgier and dodgier. So, you know, amazing stuff. But it's um, essentially it's Picard and crew versus the Borg. We talked a little bit about time travel in our last Picard chat and one of the things First Contact does so beautifully is they travel back in time to our future still and significantly our future so they travel back in time to um, You mean not 2024? Just... <laughs> so just post uh, World War 3 
um, and it, it's it's a wonderful film. It's full of heart. The music swells. You know, uh, the, the bad guys are scary. You don't necessarily need to have seen all of you know TNG to enjoy it because they do set up the characters really well. But if you have, you know, there's a there's a moment where Picard there's many moments, but you know, Picard just starts making the wrong decisions. He just has this kind of huge breakdown. And it's so powerful to see that when you've had this sort of this diplomatic captain for so long for seven years. Um, gen- genuinely a wonderful film. I've watched it so many times. Um, and just like literally off this discussion, I'm like, oh, I might go watch First Contact again tomorrow. Um, um, directed by Jonathan Frakes, directed by Riker uh, as well. Um, just just fantastic. If you are going, no, well, I suppose if you're not going to know anything about Star Trek, you're just going to watch one film, probably watch the Abrams one. But if you're interested in sort of TNG and kind of more old school sort of Star Trek, watch this film. I think it's a, a, an incredibly important reference point if you're watching Picard because yes. of the relationship between Picard and the Borg Queen and the the psychological fallout of uh, Picard being assimilated into Locutus. Um, and I think this is the film that really kind of picks up some of the damage that he does a very good job of kind of rationalizing and hiding until he is faced with uh that um so yeah uh, i think it's definitely um an interesting one um and it, it it does that so well that funnily enough i think you can get away with not watching picard's simulation so you, you should watch best of both worlds because it's an amazing episode amazing couple of episodes it's definitely an amazing first episode but this film can be watched in isolation without Best of Both Worlds. So if you are just going to do one bit of homework for Picard Season 2, First Contact is enough. Uh, I agree. Um, mm. And my recommendation for the week is uh, The Flash, the Grant Gustin uh, Arrowverse show. Um, I uh, Series 7 has just finished. Series 8 has started on sky in the uk today um it is uh driven by three principles um uh various people including kevin smith who's gone to direct some episodes talk about the three overarching principles that drive it which is spectacle humor and heart um and it does a very good job of trying to balance the three uh so you know at the heart of it is barry allen and you know him just being uh this this eternal optimist um uh, against everything that goes on and finding a way for speed to be the answer to every single problem. Um, but, um, you know, they, they've really kind of grown and done some some very uh, bold kind of characters, you know, to introduce people like Grodd and King Shark and uh, all the rest of it in this kind of format feels um, challenging. And, you know, the CG doesn't quite always stretch in budgets to make it look fantastic but you definitely get cut the idea of uh, working through um series seven introduced us to some of the future kids so impulse is in there um uh you know you, the fact that you've got the the uh, jay garrick uh flash played by john wesley ship um uh from the the 90s flash uh you know it's all incredibly beautifully self-referential um and uh, you know, it does struggle a little bit from the eighteen episodes of series arc because there's some of them that do feel quite pedestrian and filler. Um, but it's done a very good job of becoming an ensemble show with you know vibe and Killer Frost and um, uh, Elongated Man and, and various other people who have been a uh, part of the show. So um, yeah, one to seven is available various places, uh, including Sky and and on demand and various things uh and season eight has just started i'm, I'm trying to, i loved the flash and i'm trying to think why i dropped off and i think it's because i got overwhelmed with all the shows so arrow was a bit of a slog to watch uh loved legends um especially you know knowing we was recom- recommending we it over do. and over again yep. yeah um and then there were you had to sort of watch supergirl to kind of keep up and then uh uh Black Lightning became part of it, and it just felt a bit too much, I think, and that's why I dropped. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was always, always a really fun show. I mean, principle number four, I guess, is that he, it, all villains must be somehow speed-based and beating them must also be running-based in some form. Um, but once you get past that, it's a great, great show. And I'm, I'm so glad it's gone on to eight seasons. How many seasons did Arrow get? Arrow, I think, did seven, didn't seven, it? Seven, I think. So the, the yeah. joke was always that they wanted to get one, at least one more than Arrow. Um so whether this continues into series nine, we will find out. But um, a, a definitely yeah, good showing. They've, you know, they've they've opened up multiverse conversations. You've seen um, uh, Ezra Miller in it. Um, yeah, uh, actually, this has made me realise I I I kind of miss watching The Flash. I might I might try and find out where it was I dropped off and pick up again. And you're right, it is it is budget, and they do have you know the, when the big Justice League come together and. You know, it's just clearly on a parking lot or a rooftop or something because that's what they can manage. But yeah, that's part of the charm. Of Although, again, you know, beautifully self-referential. So, you know, their their, their version of the Justice League um, meet in the Hall of Justice. Mm. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Very good. Very good stuff. But that will do us for another week. So we shall bid you farewell and come back in two weeks' time. Um, with new songs and better transitions, hopefully. What? Um, <laughs> well, it's important we have new songs. Mm, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, until then, please get involved in the conversation at Geeking and Pod with anything you wish to share, including feedback on uh, these songs or recommendations that he should sing. Uh, and we shall speak to you again in two weeks' time to discuss Moon Knight with T. Because it's been said, so therefore it's official. <laughs> Until then, bye bye. Adios. Cheerio.